Uh, okay, so today's daf is uh, Ted Zayin and Masachim Tzachim. We are on the last word of Ted Vav Amud Bet, which basically is a segue, it's a, it's a transition into a new topic, but it's building on the uh, subject that we uh, learned yesterday. The subject we learned yesterday was this argument about, like we just uh, uh, had the discussion, um, about whether something that is an Isur Banan is given the same status as something that's a, that is uh, prohibited Min HaTorah. Uh, and whether, therefore, uh, if you had the uh, the prohibition of chametz that is instituted by the rabbis at 11 a.m., whether that makes the Trumat Torah basically condemned from the perspective of the Torah, and you can burn it together with the Trumat Tmeah, or whether, no, it has to, you have to wait until it becomes biblically prohibited. That would be the position, that's the Machloket, according to the latter version of the Machloket that Rabbi Yochanan said, that would be the Machloket between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi, that Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Meir agree that after Chatzot, the chametz becomes prohibited, min, min Torah, so for what's the difference if the trauma is pure or impure? But before that, when it's only rabbinically prohibited, what do we look at it as? That was the last version of the machloket, according to Rabbi Yochanan. Then what it, what it ended up being was, and therefore, and therefore, what was Rabbi Chanina Sagana Kohanim talking about? So according to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi, Rabbi Chanina Sagana Kohanim was talking about mixing something that's only tamemi de Rabbanan with something that's tamemi de Raita, and he said, it's okay if you're burning them both anyway. And Rabbi Yosef said, no, he's not talking about that. He's talking about where both of them were Tamei Min HaTorah. And, and it all came down, according to the Gemara at the end, to the question of whether mashkin, whether liquids are able to transmit Tumah Min HaTorah or not. Okay, that was the question. So according to Rabbi Meir, that they can only transmit Tumah Midorah Banan. So therefore, um, therefore, the meat that's in question here is only Tamei Midorah Banan, because we're talking about meat that became Tamei from liquid. And therefore... Um, we're talking about mixing a derabanan prohibition with a deraita prohibition, and it was allowed because you were burning them both. And Rabbi Yossi says, no, mashkim, the, uh, the liquids transmit to min ha-torah. So therefore, we're talking about m- both meats were tamei min ha-torah, and that's why you were allowed to burn them together. But if one of them was only derabanan, it wouldn't have been the same. Now, the, that's sort of the conclusion of that discussion, and then it segues into the discussion of whether liquids are mikablim tum'ah or not from the Torah. And that's what the Gemara is now going to discuss for the next uh, daf or so. If there's a doubt about mashkim. Now the question is um, what, what, what the exact doubt w- would be. But, um, but Rashi says, If you have a doubt about the status of tum'ah of a liquid, from the beginning. Kegon, shepashat aglob mashkin taurit, safek naga, safek lo naga. A person who is tamay, you know, comes near liquid and we don't know if he touched it or not. So, zeu safek mashkin li tamay, shinulalo safek tum'ah. Okay? Tamay mena safek. De kasavar tumat mashkin liot atzman tmein deoraita. Because according to Rabbi Meir, the mashkin can become tamay from the Torah. You can have biblical tum'ah in liquids. Now, everyone agrees, by the way, that liquids qualify other things to become Tamei. That, everyone agrees. That's Hechsher Tumah we learned about many times. But whether they themselves become Tamei is the question. Rabbi Meir says yes. Um, he says that uh, they can become Tamei. But if the question is whether that liquid came into contact with something else. So Rashi says, for example, if you had an object that had liquid that was Tamei and you threw it in an area that 
there were uh, that there was food and you don't know whether it touched or not, that would be litame acherim to transmit the tumah to other things. So Rabbi Meir is saying that insofar as accepting the tumah, receiving the tumah, becoming tameh, the liquid can become tameh. But in ter- and and therefore, if there is a safek, we have to say lechumra. But in the in terms of transmitting it, it's only a a rabbinic prohibition. It's only a rabbinic tumah. So therefore, if there is a question whether the liquid touched something else to make it tamei, we would say safek to rabbanan likula. We would say safek to rabbanan likula, and they would say with leniently, and then it would be uh, because only rabbinic. And Rabbi Elazar agreed with him. Rabbi Yudah Omer lakol tamei. According to Rabbi uh, according to Rabbi Yudah, it is tamei for everything. Now, what does he mean for? everything. Um, he means that not only is it biblically relevant, uh, the, the Tum'ah, meaning it's a biblical Tum'ah, but even if, it, 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 he's going to say that even the transmission of the Tum'ah is going to be further than you would expect. He says, He says that, How are you He says that even if the liquid touches a kli, it can make it tamay. Now normally a food that touches a vessel does not make the vessel tamay. He's saying, he's going even further. He's saying not only is the, is the liquid itself tamay and can it transmit tum'ah minatoah, but it can even transmit tum'ah to things that foods cannot. It's super tum'ah. It's like the opposite uh, version, the opposite view. It's super tamay. It's not just tamay uh, to, to receive and to transmit tum'ah, but can even transmit tum'ah to things that normally a food cannot transmit tum'ah. Now, meaning even keli. So and then that's Rabbi Yehuda's position. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Amrim, Lo Chalit Me'il, Kelim Torid. Right. So that the the point is that according to Rabbi Yosi and uh, Rabbi Shimon, they take the view that it's basically treated like food, right? Meaning it can transmit tumah to other foods, but it can't transmit transmit tumah to Kelim. Okay. So you have, in essence, you have three or four. I guess you have you have the the position that that, that liquids. Their tum'ah, their transmission of tum'ah is only rabbinic, right? That's according to Rabbi They become, can become tamay, but they cannot transmit the tum'ah biblically, only rabbinically. Then you have the view that they can transmit tum'ah super level, that they can transmit it to anything. It, it's even worse than, than foods. And then you have the view that it's basically like foods, except that it can transmit, whereas foods transmitting to foods is a question whether it, whether, whether it can or not. But um, but liquid to food, yes. But liquids to kelim, no. That's the view so far. We're going to, and then we're going to say v'savar Rabbi Elazar mashkin itlu tumah ba'olam. Does Rabbi Elazar hold that liquids have any kind of tumah at all? Because above we said v'chen ayar Rabbi Elazar omer kedvarav. Because we said that Rabbi Elazar agrees that the, the, the liquids can become tameh, they just can't transmit the tumah, but they become tameh. So does, is that true? Does Rabbi Elazar really agree with that? Vatan we learned Rabbi Elazar omer ain't tumah davashi kolikar. That he said that, and here we're saying that um, Rabbi Elazar said that that there is no tumah for mashkin at all. There's no tumah for liquids at all because because we know that Yosef ben Yoezer Istroidat uh, gave two pieces of testimony. The first one was El Kamsa, which is a certain type of grasshopper, nothing to do with the Beit HaMikdash. Dachan means Tahor in, in Aramaic, okay? Dachan means Tahor, pure. So there he said that the El uh, the, the, this sort of certain type of a grasshopper is tahor, meaning kosher. And also on the liquids of the Beit Hamikdash that they're pure, 
Okay, in other words, that there's no tum'ah in them at all. So that would imply that Rabbi, since Rabbi Lazar is the one tr- giving over this uh, t- testimony of Rabbi Yosef and Yoezer Istreda, that the liquids in the Beit HaMikdash are completely tawar, meaning they are impervious to tum'ah. They are I- invincible. They cannot become tameh. That means that there's no tum'ah for liquids at all. So the Gemara says, We understand that according to Shmuel, Shmuel says that it's pure, to, meaning that it doesn't transmit Tum'ah, kind of like what Rabbi Meir said above. It doesn't transmit Tum'ah. But they have their own Tum'ah. So then we understand. If that's what Yossi ben Yoezer meant, then fine. But according to Rav, who says that what Yossi ben Yoezer actually meant here, was that they're completely Torah, so how can you reconcile it? In other words, if you're going to say and assume Rabbi Lazar interpreted Yosef ben Yoezer, that he meant that the liquids can receive Tumah, but cannot give it over, so then that's fine, because that's exactly basically what Rabbi Meir also says. But, if, but according to Rav, who says, no, Yosef ben Yoezer says that they're completely pure, Right? They can't get, even become Tameh. So then how can he endorse what Yossi ben Yoezer is saying? He, you know what? When, when, Rabbi Yose, when Rabbi Eliezer was transmitting the uh, teaching of, um, of Yosef ben Yoezer, right? He meant, uh, he only meant about, I'm sorry, when, when above when it said that Rabbi Eliezer agreed with, uh, with Rabbi Meir, it meant about one thing. Namely what? That they can't transmit Tumah to other things. But actually, Rabbi Lazar goes even further and says they can't even become Tameh. Right? So he's actually, he's only agreeing with them one thing. What do you mean? It says that there's more than one thing that he agrees on because Kidvarav, that's, that's, that's plural. Right? He, he agrees with everything that he says, both points. That it can, that, so, so that means that he agrees that it could become Tameh, just that it can't transmit the Tumah. So then he's not agreeing with Yosef ben Yoezer. It says Vechen, and so did he say, meaning he said exactly the same thing as Rabbi Meir, meaning that the liquid can receive Tumah, but can't transmit Tumah. Kasha, it's a difficulty. It's not the end of the world. Why is it not the end of the world? I guess because you could just say that Rabbi Elazar probably interpreted Yosef ben Yoezer according to Shmuel. So it's not the end of the world, and then that would mean that, and, and actually fits perfectly with what Rabbi Meir is saying. It's most likely the answer. Most likely that's the answer. It's just that why, what would he do with Rav's argument that no, it really means that uh, Mashkim cannot receive Tumah at all. He wouldn't be able to accept that interpretation of, uh, of Rav. It's, it's, it's interesting that it, that it makes such a big deal out of it because it should be the opposite. It should be a difficulty with Rav. Rav right. right. It should be like, how can Rav say that it means it's totally Tahor? If Rabbi Lazar was the one who transmitted it, obviously he didn't hold it. That's what Rabbi, what Yosef Ben Yosef meant. But anyway, yeah, Guva, we go back. So here's the machloka we're going to go back to. That when Yosef Ben Yosef said that liquids in the Beit Hamikdash were treated always as pure, as in not being able to become tamei, did that mean that they couldn't transmit tumah, or that meant they couldn't even become tamei? So Rav says they're totally pure because actually the whole concept of any mashke, of any liquid becoming tameh is only the Rabbanan. No liquid itself can become tameh. They can be hechsher lekabel tumah. In other words, they enable other things to become tameh, but they themselves don't become tameh. The only thing is that when the rabbis made exerat to prohibit, to, to institute tumah for liquids, just to make people more careful, so therefore... They, you know, they didn't apply that gzerah to the Beit HaMikdash. They only applied it to everything else. Because in the Beit HaMikdash, they, they limit their gzerot. They don't impose as many gzerot. Okay. Shmuel says, you're right and you're wrong. 
You're right that there's a difference between mashkin and everything else. But the thing is, they can become tameh. They just can't transmit tumah. The rabbis instituted the transmission of tumah. And the same thing. Then what did they say? They said that we're making a decree that liquids also transmit tumah if they become tameh, but only outside the Beit HaMikdash. In the Beit HaMikdash, we're going to give everyone a break because we don't want to create situations of too much tumah in the Beit HaMikdash. And anyway, the Kohanim are very careful and they're very meticulous and we're not worried that they're going to mess up so we don't have to impose it. Okay? Right? So, but the rabbis, uh, what they didn't impose was only with respect to transmission of Tum'ah. But with respect to becoming Tameh, uh, you know, they, they become Tameh. Because biblically speaking, according to Shmuel, they become Tameh. So the whole question is, what's rabbinic and what's biblical here? According to the according to Rav's way, really liquids themselves never become Tameh. The only thing is, the rabbis instituted that the liquids become Tameh. But they didn't extend that to the transmission of Tum'ah. Because there's no transmission of, because even, it's even a chidush that they receive tumah. So in the Beit HaMikdash, they won't even receive tumah. According to Shmuel, the, the idea that they become tamay, that was, uh, is biblical. Right, that's even min Torah. So the, the rabbis can't say that we're going to waive that and ignore that in the Beit Hamikdash because it's biblical. But transmission of tumah—that's where the rabbis were the ones who made that up, and uh, and and they could suspend that rule in the Beit Hamikdash. When you go to Sir of Papa, I want you to ask him the following difficulty. Didn't. Um, well, the fact that Shmuel said that it's pure, meaning pure from transmitting uh, to other things, but they have tumah in and of themselves. It says in the pasuk that meat that touches anything tameh should not be eaten. And, and he's interpreting, he's assuming that, what does that mean? It means even if it touched a liquid that was tameh. In other words, if the, the implication is that anything tameh, including liquids, that touched flesh of a korban, the, the flesh of the korban should become tameh. So that shows you that, uh, that even mashkin, even liquids. It's like the same thing, he said, as revi'i bakodesh. In other words, in, in the framework of korban, Note, you have different rules. You have some rules that apply only to the Beit HaMikdash and some things that apply uh, only to Korbanot, rather, and some things that apply uh, universally. Right? So, for example, uh, the, the extent to which Tum'ah can be transmitted is limited. So, within Chulin, within non-sacred things, Tum'ah only goes up to Sheni Betum'ah. Sheni Betum'ah is the furthest it can go. After that, there's no such thing. Tum'ah, it can be Shlishi Betum'ah. Right, it can go one step further in 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 truma. In in kodesh, it can go in kodesh and korbanot. It can go to revi'i betuma. Right, so revi'i is is a further uh, is a further step. Okay, but uh, so it says just like there. What do you see? Rashi says just like over there. You have the rule dehu atzmo pasul veino mitame kodesh. Right, something can become tame, but it doesn't uh, transmit right. to uh, to anything else. Right, so meaning even though. Uh, so Rashi explains. What was his question? Right. So once something is tamei, so then basar Right. So really, you should say that the meat should become tamei because it touched something tamei. It says no. It's just like Revi Bakodesh. In other words, it's just like something which can be tamei but doesn't necessarily transmit the tumah. That's all. Just because something is tameh doesn't mean that it can transmit the tumah to the next step. And so maybe the mashkin is like that.
Right? Matkif la Ravashi. Ravashi says, Ravi Bakodesh, lo ikretame, haikretame. That's a different thing. Because Ravi Bakodesh is not called tame, it's called pasul. Once you get to the fourth level, in other words, if something, a sheretz touch something, and that thing, a sheretz touch a kli, kli touch a, a, another thing, the other thing touches the korban. That's Ravi Bakodesh, okay? So that it, it could become, it's not called tame, it's actually called pasul, because it can't transmit the tum anymore. But here you're saying that this, these uh, mashkin are tmeim. They're actually impure, but they can't transmit, but that's different. So it says kashe, again, it's a difficulty because the nomenclature suggests, in other words, the language of calling the mashkim tmeim implies that they should be able to transmit the tum'ah to a korban that they touch. And yet you're saying that, no, here, right, even in the Beit HaMikdash, it shouldn't make a difference. Right? So, but it, it, the point is that it, he's saying, oh, it could be like the concept of revi'i tum'ah, which it doesn't transfer any further than that. It's the end of the road. Yes, so then why is it called tamay? It should be called pasul. In any case, tashima, they ask to follow, they come and listen to this. The, the liquid should be called pasul? Because it's not, trans- if it doesn't transfer, that's called pasul. We don't call it tamay, we call it pasul. Tamay means that but something can transfer. It transfers, so it's Only dirabanan, maybe. So that, that's the whole thing. He's saying, the Rabbanat. Right? So he says, now, Tashima, come and listen. So it says, any liquid that would be drunk in any kli yitma becomes tamay. Ma yitma, so the question is, that says yitma. So what does that tell you? Yitma sounds like what? That it, be, it becomes tamay. Right? So how could you say that, uh, that liquids don't become tamay minatora? Right, it sounds very clearly that uh, liquids do become to make, uh, and Rashi says that the comes to kli We're talking about a kli that became to from a sheretz, and it says that when the liquids go into it, they become to So that's uh, what are you going to say? It's, it sounds very clear that liquids can become to It says talking about the mashke, talking about the liquid comes to So what's the answer? It says no, no, no. It means ma yitma it means hechshir. It means that it renders whatever's in the kli able to become tamay. It doesn't mean it becomes tamay. Okay, but still, but that's the beginning of the pasuk. Because the beginning of the pasuk is that that any food that's edible, that water comes on it, it can become tamay. And then it says, Then it says, any liquid in a, in a, that's drunk becomes tamay. Those are two different things. The first half of the pasuk is talking about where the liquid qualifies something else to become tamay. But the latter part of the pasuk is talking about where the liquid itself becomes tamay. How can you deny that? He says, no, 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 they're both talking about hechshir tum'ah, according to Rav, because he's not going to give in that there's ever any tum'ah in the liquid itself. Because, chad bitlushir, it depends. One is detached water, one is attached. Attached means it's part of a body of water. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean when it's in the body of water, but meaning if you have water in, your, in, a, in a cup and you spill it on something, it could be that's called tlushim, separate from the source. If you drop it in the ocean and then you pick it up, it's called mechubarim, meaning that the water is, is, is connected to a body of water. Okay, so maybe the, you could say like this, that if I only knew that water that I drew and I had in a cup, what would make hechsher tumah? That's because it's important. I took it but when it when it's in the ocean, maybe uh, I didn't give it any significance because I didn't take it out because I didn't fill it in a cup or whatever. Maybe it doesn't create hechsher tumah. On the other hand, on the other hand, I could say, and if maybe you'll say that no, the ocean water creates hechsher tumah. Therefore, chashivi, that makes it because they're in their place. That's significant. But maybe when I draw the water, it lowers it because now it's just a little specimen of water. It's not the original body of water. It's not a significant. So, that's why you need both 
cases. In other words, according to Rav, whenever it talks about liquid becoming Tamei, it's only talking about liquid qualifying something else to become Tamei. So meaning that Mayim in the first part of the Pasuk is talking about the water of uh, you know, he's saying that you need both. One of them is referring to the water of the ocean, which in one case, in, in, on one, has pros and cons. On one hand, it's in its natural place, so maybe it's more chashuv, it's more important. On the other hand, I didn't do anything to manipulate it or take it, so maybe I didn't attribute any significance to it. On the other hand, liquid that I drew out, you could say it's lesser because I took it out of its natural state. On the other hand, you could say it's greater because I gave it significance. Either way, he's saying both of them are talking about that water being applied to something else. Now that the water becomes a man. Now this is not a kushia on Shmuel. Shmuel loves this. Shmuel, this is the dream of Shmuel because Shmuel wants to show you that the liquid does become Tamei. It just doesn't transmit the Tumah. Their question on Shmuel was, that's, that doesn't, that's very difficult because once you're going to say that something is Tamei, how do you explain how it doesn't transmit Tumah if it touches the Korban? Oh, well, you're going to have to say it's not really Tamei, it's really Pasul because it can't really transmit the Tumah further. That was, a, that was the problem on Shmuel. Now we're dealing with Rav. That he's, he has to explain how liquids can never become Tamei according to the Torah. Okay, so every time it says that it doesn't mean that. So Tashma come again. Achmayan ubor mikvemaim yeta. Or the pasuka talks about collected liquids being a source of of purity. So mayet. So what does it show you? It says mikvemaim yeta. Or implies that the water in the bore is tahor. Meaning the water in the mikveh can't become tamay. Let's say a dead, you know, a dead weasel or whatever falls into the mikveh. It doesn't make the mikveh tamay. Okay, now you're probably not going to want to go in there unless there's a good chlorine, you know. But the, but it's not going to ma- it's not going to uh, it's not going to make the water tame because as long as the water is in its natural condition, it can't become tame. But what does that imply? They're saying to Rav that implies that if you took the water out of the bore, if it's not in the pit, if it's in your bowl, it's in your cup, it could become tame because it's saying only because it is in the ground, it's not tame. So he says, no, 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 no. That's not what it means. It means What it means is that if you that if some Somebody else goes in there, they become Tahor. Not that the water would be Tameh if you took it. It's, you're reading it the wrong way. You're, impl- you're, you're taking it to mean that because the water is connected to a body of water in the ground or whatever, therefore it can't become Tameh. But if it were separate, it could become Tameh. Meaning if you took a cup of cup of Tameh. No, says Rav, it's not true. When it says yet Tahor, it means if somebody else who's Tameh goes in there, it makes things Tahor. It doesn't mean that the water itself would ever be Tameh. It's telling you the power of the water to make other things Tahor. Okay, so now it's now that's another question. Do, does water that's actually separate from its original source does it actually make hechsher tumah? Right, he said. Not only do the liquids of the Beit Hamikdash not, uh, you know, of the area of the slaughterhouse of the Beit Hamikdash, not only do they uh, are they pure, they don't even create hechsher tumah. Okay, so as she says, Alma echser tum atlushin de Rabbananu. The imidoraita man shaklemi mashkemat bechayel la lichshu. The rabbis can't mess around with something that's biblically significant. They can only mess around with things where the Torah said it's pure, they could say it's impure. But they can't take something that the Torah says is impure and make it pure. They, they can't be more lenient than the Torah, the rabbis, in the Beit HaMikdash. So if you're telling me that even if the water from the slaughtering areas of the Beit HaMikdash, Beit Mat Bechaya, Okay, you're saying that that is not, uh, that doesn't create hechsher tum'ah. So that means that that water biblically doesn't create hechsher tum'ah. It doesn't even create hechsher tum'ah at all. So that implies that drawn water doesn't create hechsher tum'ah. Only water in the ground creates hechsher tum'ah. Now that's a difficult position to, to argue, but that's what they're saying. 
So it says, no, 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 that's not what he meant. Tirgema al dam. He didn't mean that the water in the Beit HaMikdash doesn't create Hechsher Tumah. All water creates Hechsher Tumah. If it falls on vegetables or whatever, meat, anything that, that could be Mekabel Tumah. But he was talking about the blood. But we've learned this before, we learned it in Masachet Zvachim, it comes up from time to time. The blood of Korbanot does not render other things capable of becoming Tameh. It does not. Okay? Because, um, because, because when it talks about not eating blood, it says, spill the blood on the ground. Okay? Don't eat it. Spill it on the ground. Right? Only blood that is spilled on the ground. And Rashi says, Meaning blood that doesn't have any sacred purpose. You just drop it on the ground like you would spill water. That, is the, that one is compared to water. And just like water creates hechsher, also, dam will create hechsher. Right? There's other liquids also that create hechsher. But the, but, what? Seven. The, the, yeah, there's dam, there's multiple, there's, there's uh, the uh, whole list. But the, um, but the, the dam of the, of the korbanot does not create hechsher. Okay? Blood that isn't spilled out does not create hechsher tumah. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about the blood of the korbanot. In other words, if the, if the kohen received to, uh, receives uh, the blood of the korban in its, in its container, and, and some of that falls on food, it will not make the food uh, capable of receiving tumah. It's not like water going on a vegetable or on a food and making it uh, uh, capable of, of, of tumah. Or the so, blood, if you do the shechid on the cow outside the Hamidosh, that blood does... The blood that you spill out, yeah. Blood of chulin. Blood of chulin, yeah. So I'm not, blood, yeah. Just, yeah, just that it's not collected. It's, you, you don't collect it for any purpose, so it's like nishpach kamayim, because since you were, you're spilling it out, it's considered like water. Right? What about the blood that spills out of the korban that you don't catch? Because when you do a korban, you only take what's called, da, you only take the damanefish. Uh, you only take the initial blood that spurts out. But then, like, blood obviously keeps spilling out after that. You don't take that blood, the damatansit, the extra blood. You only take the original blood. So the original blood, we understand that it doesn't create echsher tumah because it's not nishpach kamayim. It's not spilled out. But what about the blood that comes out afterwards, continues to gush out, which is not considered to be damanefish? What about that? So, so it says that, that that's nishpach kamayim. That does spill out like water because you don't collect it. And yet we're, we're saying that also that doesn't create hechsher tumah. So why not? Right. You know what? Even in chulin, that is not a that doesn't create hechsher. In other words, meaning that it's it's no different. Once you take the part of the blood that is for the korban, so the blood that comes out after that, after that is considered just like chulin, right? So so just like the blood of any other korban, and there too it's not machshir. What's machshir is only the original blood that comes out. So the exception to the rule. Well, the dam hanefesh is the spurt of blood. It's called dam hanefesh. It's more right, right. You're not chayav karet for eating it. Remember, we learned about that in sechkretot. You're not chayav karet for it. It's a lower level of uh, because the the blood that the uh, it's it's based basically on the idea that the soul departs with that blood. That's also the reason why the the Avdeavu that was the blood that they wanted to eat and you know do all that because they thought it was it had the power of the animal and all this. Huh? Do you know the the, the first kamut? It's this initial spurts out and then it then it, it then comes out. I don't I don't know quantitatively I don't know I don't know, but um, but he's saying that yeah. even in chulin is not machshir. So only the the only difference is dama nefesh 
where it is machshir for chulin, not for korbanot. So kibla minei Rav Shmuel Barami, and Rav Shmuel Barami accepted that. Damach Marcus Torah says, "Rachazak lo tiachol adam ki adamu anevish." Right? Because the devish, dam anevish, anevish yotzabo ba koridam. Dam anevish yotzabo eno koridam. What is called blood by the Torah? Only that by which the soul leaves the body. Right? So when the body, when the animal dies, that initial spurting of blood, where there's no turning back, you can't like now patch up the wound and he'll make it. You know, that's it. He's not going to be able to make it. It's all over. So at that point, that's, that's the blood that has the, the life in it, so to speak. So that is A, the blood that you get karet if you eat it. B, the blood that you put on the, uh, on the Mizbeach. And that would also be machshir le kabel tumah. If you did shechita in avchulin and that, that blood got on something, then it could make it, it got on your vegetables, you know, so then they would be now mikablim tumah from that, even though the blood that comes afterwards would not. If the blood becomes tamay and it's thrown on the altar anyway, Bishogeg, if it's by accident, it's accepted. But if it's on purpose, it's not accepted. There's going to be a discussion later in the Gemara what, what the by accident is. That it became Tameh by accident or it got thrown by accident. But either way, it's accepted Bidiyavadifo as by accident. But what do you see from that? The main point now is not to talk about the by accident on purpose. It says Dam Shinitma. And you just told me that according to, Shmue, according to Rav, there's no Tumah for any liquids. So how could there even be such a thing as Dam Shinitma then? How could there be blood that became Tameh? So it says, ah, oh, that's all Midrabanan. That's only rabbinic. We're not going to go like Yosef and Yosef Ishtreda who said that there is no such rabbinic institution. We say there is. Okay, Tashma. Alma tzitz meratzeh. What does the tzitz cover? We know the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol, the headband of the Kohen Gadol, covers for certain korbanot, meaning if there are certain errors and things like that that are made in the Avodah, it covers for them. We talked about it in Masechet Vachim. Now, what, what does it cover for? Al-Adam v'al-Basar v'al-Chelef. Shenidma. If the blood or the flesh or the chelev became tamay, whether it was by accident, on purpose, against their will, uh, willfully, an individual korban, a communal korban, any of the items became tamay. Now that doesn't mean that the meat could be eaten if it was tamay. The tzitz does not allow that. But meaning even though the meat became tamay or the chelev became tamay and they couldn't put it on the altar, okay, it makes the korban acceptable. Okay, or they couldn't eat the Quran, it makes it acceptable, the tzitz. Okay, but the point here again is that it says, Haddam shenitma, the blood became tamay. So what are you saying, Rav? Again, midrabanan, I'm just going to make midrabanan. I'm not agreeing with Yosef ben Yosef ishtreda that there's no tuman blood. I'm saying there's no biblical tuma. Rabbinically, there's tuma. Right? Tashima. Come and listen. What is the sin that Aaron carries, so to speak, by wearing the tzitz? We know that it can't be pigul. Pigul where the person who offers the korban has the wrong intention and thinks he's going to eat it or finish the offering at the wrong time or place or whatever. Right? We know it can't be that if meat was left over past the deadline of a day or two days that it could be eaten. That's not what the Kohen is able to fix. He can't fix that. He can't fix pigul. He can't fix notar. So what does he fix? You know, he can fix the problems of Tum'ah, meaning that the, the, the fact that the uh, tzitz is there allows for certain tamay, even though the, the parts of the korban became tamay, they could finish the uh, service and uh, put the blood on the altar and it will still count. Okay? But what do you see? My love tumatam. Doesn't it mean the tumah of the blood? So here's easy to get out of it because it doesn't actually say the word blood in this. It just says tumah. So it says, no, I'm a babalo tumat kmatzim. It's talking about the tumah of the kmatzim, the comets. In other words, even though the handful of the, of, of the, uh, sh- the, that you take out of the mincha, which is like the blood of the korban, right? 
even if it became Tamei, it can still be accepted if it went on the altar because it's uh, because of the tzitz, okay? But not the blood. We don't have any blood becoming Tamei. Okay, Tashima. Now, this is a very famous passage where Chagai is, um, if you've learned Treyasar, a very interesting uh, incident where Chagai is asking the Kohanim questions about the Bet HaMikdash service. And even though it sounds like he's giving them a quiz, actually in the context of the Nevoah, he's he has like a moral message behind it, you know. But in the but they learn Halachot out from it. Which he has them, If a person carried holy meat in his, uh, in his garment, in his garment, so the word there, kodesh, doesn't mean actually holy, but it means um, it means uh, it means tamei actually, right? Uh, pen, like when it says bekilaim pentikdash, right? So it's talking about bad, right? So he's saying he said to them, if something tamei touched the uh, that was in the corner of the garment touched the bread, and the bread touched the stew, whatever, the food, and that touched the wine, and the oil, and any other food, and the Kohanim said, no. Now, what is that there? So Rashi explains that it means that the, when it says knaf bigdo, it means that the actual tum'ah source was in his shirt. Okay, and that touched the bread. So that's ava tum'ah touching the bread. The bread is the rishon. Then the rishon touched the nazid. The nazid becomes the sheni. The nazid touches the yai, and that's the shlishi. The shlishi, the yayin, touches either the oil or kol machal. That's how Rashi terms it. That would be revi'i. It would be revi'i. So, and yet they said what? They said, lo, it's not a problem. And what does Rav say? Rav the Kohanim were wrong. They made a mistake, said Rav. Because they, they didn't know that revi'i bakodesh is tamay. Revi'i bakodesh is still tamay. Right? They thought, no, by the time you get to the fourth level, it's already, it's already too far removed. What is the wine right? and oil are Kodesh here? Uh, it's talking about in the Beit HaMikdash. So, yeah. Yeah, these are all Kodesh. So, it's saying it, it, it transferred all the way to the last stop. And the last stop was Revi'i, according to Rav. And they were wrong because they said Revi'i was, uh, was, was not a problem. But once it right? wine, does not go back to Rishon? Because that's, that's a rabbinic thing. He's, not, oh. he's, he's, he's working with the, with the, uh, the writer. Right? So, now what do you see from here, though? The main problem is that you see that the yayin, not that the yayin should become a rishon, which is according to our laws that we have now, the rabbinic laws, but that the wine, be- wine becomes tamay at all. Because he said that, wa- that, that liquids can't be mekabel tumah. And he said that they were wrong. So he says, Midi You're trying to explain Rav's position. Rav mashke mit mat Aval mashke bet he only applied his rule that liquids do not have tum'ah to two liquids, the liquids of the slaughterhouse, which are water and blood. But he never said that about yayin v'shemen. He never said that about wine and oil, which are what's called mad b'chaya. Mad b'chaya means the mizbeach. Things that go on the mizbeach, because we know that they pour wine on the mizbeach and they put oil on the mizbeach. So things that go on the mizbeach that are not related to shechita, such as the wine and the oil, they do receive Tumah. And that's why he'll tell you that the story in Chagai, yeah, the wine can receive Tumah, and yes, the oil can receive Tumah, because that, that type of liquid I wasn't talking about. When I said that there was no Tumah Mashkim, I only meant blood and water. I didn't mean that oil and wine are not 
Mikabil Tumah. They are Mikabilim Tumah because that's how he explains the story in Chagai. And we're gonna, it's going to come back to that. It's going to discuss a machloket. Were the Kohanim right or wrong in answering the quiz that Chagai Hanavi gave them? You know, how do you interpret that Pasuk? Because you could also read it that it's asking a Chamishi Betumah because there's actually five different foods mentioned there, right? So Rav is interpreting it as it's only the fourth. Because if you read it in the Pasuk, actually, it says the Knaf touches the Lechem, the Nazid, the Yai, the Shemen, and the El Kol Machal. So if you interpret that as five steps, that could be Chamishi Betumah, not Uvi'i. So we're going to see the Machlok between Rav and Shmuel, whether the Kohanim were Ishtabshu Kohane, meaning that they made a mistake, or they didn't make a mistake, we'll see. Maybe.